Well, good morning. Today is June the 8th. The year is 2020. What a year we are in. This is absolutely amazing. And because this is an amazing year and this is an amazing time, I have brought to uh, Align with Lina an amazing guest. So I want you guys to um, join me in welcoming my sweet friend, Joy Goodman. And Joy, one of the, the reasons I wanted to have you on this program so that you can inspire others is because I have watched over these, this last, I guess, a little bit over a year that uh, you've been in my, my Course in Miracles class, I have watched you have this incredible thirst um, that is so refreshing for me as a teacher. You know, we've seen lots of people come and go from the class because it's an open class. But your consistency, your determination, your desire to take the teachings and apply it are, are really transforming your life. You were already such a bright light when you came in. But I, I want you primarily today to be one of those examples that the light can get brighter and brighter and brighter. So thank you, Joy, for being here. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm so excited. So let's start with the same question everybody All gets. Right. So when did you begin to realize that there was more to you, more to life, maybe even more to God than what you had been taught was all that there is as reality? Well, the inception of this was three months after I gave birth to my daughter. And I realized that I was relating to her in ways that my mother had related to me, which weren't ways that felt good. And mm. I realized I was saying some of the same things. I realized that my actions were some of the same things. And one day when I was in my bedroom, uh, my daughter was in her crib, I found myself saying out loud, the buck stops with me. I will do whatever kind of work it takes to stop the patterns that were passed down to me. It doesn't matter how long I will do it. And after I said those words, I went, wow, what did I just say? Because I had never been in yeah. therapy. I wasn't open spiritually yet. I was a mother that was realizing that I wanted to change the experience for my daughter from what I had. And I wanted to free her of some of the things that I had carried as a weight. Mm. So mm. that yeah. led to therapy. And as therapy uncovered, then my world began to open up. So how old is your daughter? She's now 35. Uh, yeah, what an amazing yes. journey. Yes. What an amazing journey. It's, oh, wow. I am just so excited that um, that you are coming in with your personal experience being one that you had no therapy before that, but yet here you're holding a new being of love and light and you, something just had you recognize that it was time to end patterns. Isn't right. that beautiful? So when, so you started doing therapy, that was your first um, yes. step? Yes. So I started doing therapy and then I began, uh, I was still teaching school after a few years and my daughter was very verbal young. And she said, why do you leave me to go to the kids at school? So I realized uh, that I needed to stay at home. And I had been teaching already for 17 years. And when I was at home, I began to do yoga in the morning and meditation and artwork. And on a particular morning, I had just done the meditation and I, my eyes were closed. And I heard a voice very loudly. It was a whisper that began to urge me to go to this retreat center in Dahlonega. My yoga teacher said I was ready for a new kind of an experience. And I really had no interest in going. So it, I thought it went in my ear and out the other. But because every day I would hear, go, go, go. It was like this inner voice. I went to that retreat, which was a weekend retreat, and there I experienced having a reading 
with a very gifted intuitive healer. And in that session, it was a night session around nine at night in the darkness of a cabin, because this was like on ancient Indian burial ground. Uh, she took my hands in hers and we were sitting facing one another knee to knee. And she said, I'm getting information from those guides who work with me that you're really terrified to have this reading. And I was. I'd never had a reading before. I was concerned that if she told me something bad, I would manifest that. So once we did that, she began to tell me things that she knew about me. And the first thing she said was, you felt that you didn't get the nurturing that you needed from your mother. That was the very first word. Oh, wow. And yeah. My mouth was like that. And she had my attention for, I think it was an hour and a half session. And somewhere towards the middle of it, she looked at me straight in the eyes, still holding my hands. And she said, I love you so much. And what was happening, I didn't know then what it was, but what was happening is I felt so much love go into my heart that the sensation in my heart was like it was being pumped with so much love, more than I'd ever received put together, that it couldn't hold it. And so the heart like broke open so that it could, it could take in this amount of love. And at that time, I didn't show any feelings. My feelings were stuffed from childhood. Uh, so uncharacteristically, tears flowed. I mean, just flowed. And the tears were about bliss. It was pure heaven on earth, pure joy. So the reading concluded and I was, I floated back to my cabin and there were probably nine women who were sharing this one cabin who were waiting for me to return from this reading because they had not had a reading yet and they wanted to know what it was like for me. And exactly. I said, you were the first brave one. <laughs> and I said, listen, I'll tell you later, but I've got to write down what happened. And I had, I, I had the memory. I had the memory of everything that happened and wrote it down. So that is when the window of my spiritual self opened and she introduced me to angels. She told me I was not alone in this world. At that point, I thought I was alone. I felt alone and separate growing up in my family. And I thought the weight of the world was just the way this would always be and that I would have to figure it out. And now I'm being shown and told that I'm surrounded and filled with beautiful beings who are here to help me. So I came home transformed and my then husband uh, said, wow, you seem so different. You, you look so different. You, your whole being is different. You and came alive. <laughs> That was the beginning of the transformation. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's, um, oh, I love hearing this because it's, um, we all have that thing that begins to help us see things differently. And for you, what, what's really exciting is that that transformation began for you, you know, yes, with with your daughter and, and that experience and staying home in the yoga. But that moment when you let yourself receive unconditional love, <sighs> when we have that experience, there is nothing more beautiful, more blissful, more delicious, more really transformative than to feel the unconditional love that another being can have for us or that we can have for them. Because in that space of no judgment, no thinking, no conditions, that is, that's, that's the power of healing. That's the power of holding, making us wholeness, because that's the power of feeling our holiness and how beautiful that you got to experience that. Ah. So that was only the beginning. So yes, yes, I'm just I'm just enjoying this. So all right. So bring us forward to how however, give us some of the things that you did that helped you on this journey. Well, after that opening, 
I told myself with great passion, I'm going to read everything I can about this spirituality, about the mysticism, about these helpers, these guides. And so my teacher, who is an incredible healer to this day, Donna Pinter, she brings in the Blu-ray angels. She, she was with me for a, quite a number of years and still impacts my life greatly. She told me to go read Shirley MacLaine's books because they were written for the layperson. And so my journey continued, continued. And then it was time for me to go back to teaching. I had taken a seven year break and my daughter was now 10 years old. And I was hired um, to teach uh, about a month after school had started. And the principal at my daughter's school where I was hired told me that there was no curriculum for gifted teachers. I was going to be teaching advanced students. And um, I said, well, what do I teach? And she said, whatever you're passionate about. And I looked at her like I'd seen a ghost because I was to report in two days and I'm going to teach what I'm passionate about. <laughs> so I left that meeting, um, you know, not knowing what to do because I had not taught for so many years and I'd never taught fifth grade. Well, spirit came to me again. The night before reporting to teaching, I'm lying in the bed. I'm seeing the full moon shine through this window that I'm facing. And I remember with a knot in my gut saying, God, what am I supposed to do by tomorrow, by Monday? And I learned to take, breathe, to really breathe. So I took three deep breaths and I heard the voice. I heard the mm -hmm. quiet whisper. And what I heard was, you are to teach public speaking. What I didn't tell you a minute ago is I also was guided to take public speaking during the seven-year break against my, okay. my will. I had no interest in doing that. So I did take Dale Carnegie. My life changed. I began to have a voice. I began to take on big leadership roles. So now there, I'm being guided by this voice. You see how your life changed so much, Joy? Create a public speaking program for children. Teach them how to speak from the heart. Teach them how to express the true nature of themselves. And when I heard that, that information, that voice, what I remember happening is feeling a lot of warmth in my heart, and I felt the knot in my gut melt, and I went into a deep sleep. And so the course unraveled just two days after I started teaching. Lesson plans came through me. They weren't mine. They came through me enough for nine weeks of the program. And that was also where, where I'm learning, you know, that trust this inner wisdom, trust this voice, because every time you've listened thus far, doors have opened and you have been used to serve others. So I taught public speaking for the remaining 13 years of my teaching. Wow. And I love that because you always, you know, in, in classes, you are so articulate. You explain things very clearly, concisely. And it's it's always fun because you, you can zero into um, what you want to get to. And that's, to me, I always see that as a sign of somebody who is aligned because we don't have to make things so flowery and go around and, you know, go around in circles and tangents and things like that. Yes. So um, before I share what I want to share, let me just acknowledge we've got so many wonderful people here. Thank you all so much for joining us, Olga, Dorothy, Diane, and, and the many more that I know are on there. But um, just because I can tell that there's numbers there, but it doesn't show me who uh, other than Diane, Dorothy, and Olga. But one of the things that is is so beautiful about what you're sharing that I wanted to take it and, and give people kind of a, a context to put this in. So you heard a voice. Um, you, you heard basically guidance to tell your daughter you were breaking karmic patterns. You were not going to repeat the sins of the father, the mother. And, you know, that that's Catholic speak. I don't know if that is that Jewish speak. Do they say that in Judaism? <laughs> Who knows? I just knew I wasn't going to bring it in. <laughs> So, so that that awareness that you're not going to repeat what was taught to you is the work of the first three chakras. 
you know, that's we got to unpack our idea of who we are in the world, we got to do that emotional healing work that you started doing in therapy, and begin to create another belief about ourselves, which you, um, uh, oh, Rose, thank you for being here. And that you begin to um, be willing to look at your thoughts, your beliefs, what you learned from mom, what you learned maybe even from dad. So now you're activating third chakra clearing. And of course, your heart is opening up because you're moving out of that density. So speaking, going into that fifth chakra is so natural. And of course, you were there to speak and inspire. So, so you do that. You speak, you inspire, and you're now helping others. What was still going on inside of you because you you were still on, on this path? You know, when I met you not that long ago, like, like I said, a year ago, and your journey started 30 some odd years ago, what what kept you going? What were you still looking for, searching? What what was it that you were feeling needed well, to still happen? All along, I'm continuing therapy. So, you know, my daughter's 10, she's she's 12, she's 13, and I am doing this unraveling from the deepest part of me. And at times, it doesn't look like I function because I'm in the midst of releasing. Yeah. And I don't like what's down there. And there's there, there are feelings that are suppressed. And uh, but just like with Course in Miracles, there was a drive. I knew that I came in hardwired to do this kind of excavation work. I knew it because otherwise I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing what I was doing all the time. Exactly. Uh, so I, at one point I knew that I, the marriage was not sustainable because I was doing so much growth and my partner was not. Um, so, so vibrationally, I, you guys are, are shifting vibrationally. You're there, on different, yes. different dimensions. Yes. So Levels he, of consciousness, yeah. He remained upstairs, and I chose to move downstairs. And well, I did, let's, let's talk what you mean by that for people who may not, because I know what you're talking about, but upstairs meaning? Well, upstairs bedroom mm -hmm. where we were together. Mm -hmm. But once I knew that we weren't in alignment, I couldn't pretend anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I moved to a, the guest bedroom in a lower level. Yeah. And that's where I began to do some more deep work. The turning point came and, and I felt like I was actually dying. Honestly, I felt my soul was shriveling because I felt trapped in a marriage by my thoughts. My thoughts said, you can't leave this marriage. How will you manage in life? How will you, uh, you know, handle finances? It was just all of these things that my mind was telling me. The ego fear mm -hmm. was yeah. rampant. So I, I was downstairs, but I was still dealing with this fear. So I stayed longer. Yeah, um, I, I did the same thing. I did the exact same thing because this journey, you know, you're talking about you're, you're still in therapy with while your daughter is, you know, through all through all those years, um, my children were great teachers for me. They were activating childhood memories. They were pushing buttons at, at the different ages. I had a major, major experience when I was 10 years old, when I felt my dad abandoned me. When my kids hit that 10-year age, it activated that. When yes. my kids hit the 12-year age, where I, I had one of the most amazing, um, hey, Mary Lou, thanks for watching. So appreciate you being here. So I had this incredible experience when I learned how to become a liar to protect myself. My kids were 12 and that triggered that. So the, our children are our greatest mirrors. So mm -hmm. as they were going through what they were going through, it was triggering stuff for me to learn. And like you, when I realized that it was time to leave my marriage, because for me, the difference between my husband remaining upstairs, what he, he was very much in his head in that space of egoic doing the world as he had been trained to do it and i had moved downstairs into my heart so i wanted to be more about you know a deeper emotional connection but his was more as mine had been before a mentally programmed relationship the woman does this man does that so we were uh 
performing roles, but but it was not hard. Not really. I mean, there was a lot of love in that relationship, but the depth soul to soul was not being nurtured. Right. Right. Yeah. So then, say more. So you okay. you moved downstairs and uh, the and then I got the catalog from Omega Institute. It's uh, a huge retreat center in upstate New York. And I'd been receiving this catalog for four years and wanting to go travel to New York and take these classes that were all inner growth work. And I saw this one class that was women's pray and play. It was a five-day workshop with Dr. Joan Borsinko and three other powerful women. And I, I could hear the ego, the voice saying, no, you can't go, you know, your, your husband doesn't like you to go to places. You, um, you don't know how to travel. You've never really been places before. And something in me broke <laughs> open and I said, I want to go. And if not now, when? I, I just remember it being that stark. Yeah. And before I could back down, I picked up the phone, I called the 800 number to Omega, and with trepidation, I said, I want to know how to get to you. I want, to, want you to tell me all the details of what to do. So long story short, I took the leap of faith and followed this yearning, this yearning to go away to these intense workshops. So at the Atlanta airport on departure day, <laughs> When I get to where, where we sit and wait for our planes, I feel like I'm floating on air. I feel this sense of joy um, that is so huge that it, it's coming out of my pores. And at that time, I was still going by my first name, Carol. So everyone knew me as Carol Goodman, not my middle name, Joy. Okay, so I get to the retreat center, which I had to take a plane, a bus, a train to get there. <laughs> and that was more than I'd ever done. And when it was time for me to go to the registration to get my name tag and all the you know brochures, I heard again the inner voice. And the inner voice said, write joy on your work on your name tag. And just see what it feels like when people start calling you that name. Because nobody knew me there. Yeah. And so I did that. Um, and in the women's pray and play workshop, was it, which was a deep inner, inner work workshop of so much depth, when people called me Joy and I told them the story, I said, I'm trying this out. Every time I heard the name, it's like this wave of joy and this wave of being larger than myself would overtake me. So this happened day after day. And, uh, you know, on the campus one day I was sitting on a bench, it's in pastoral settings, you know, be beautiful gardens. And I'm writing in a journal and people stop to, to stare at me and they say, and they saw my name tag. They said, wow, you are joy. And this is the first time I'm hearing it. And Diane wrote pure joy for joy earlier <laughs> on. <laughs> so <Yeah>. appropriate. <laughs> exactly. And this joy I was born with. Yeah. I remember being joyful yeah. as a baby. Yeah. But it got covered up, covered up, covered up. And the fear. We all, we all get conditioned. Yes. Yeah. We all get conditioned out of our natural state of love, joy, and peace. So here you are reclaiming it because you're you're being so faithful to listening to that voice. That is so, so beautiful. No wonder these things were happening yeah. for you. Yes. Um, so when I came home, uh, I was returning to teaching. Um, you came back with joy and your husband's calling you Carol and you're like not answering. Everybody. Who's, who's Carol? Carol. For a long time. <laughs> but I stood up at pre-planning and uh, the principal said, anybody want to share briefly about your summer? And I stood up. And I said, I've been away this summer for this retreat and I've claimed my middle name, Joy. So I'd like you to call me Joy from now on. And they all, they all look so shocked, you know, like what's going on with her? But, you know, that happened, except for my sister. She still calls me Carol. <laughs> um, so I became Joy. I became, 
I just started to experience joy on a deeper level. And then when it was time to move forward with divorce, separation, I moved into a home that uh, I rented probably for three years. My daughter was still in high school when I heard that I was the one to move into a place so that she wouldn't be uprooted from the family home. And so he wouldn't be uprooted because that home meant a lot to him. And being on my own for those three to four years, I learned how to handle my finances. I learned how to do all the things that were new for me. Yeah. And um, after the divorce, I moved into my first home where, where I'm living now. Again, the voice said, it is, it is in your highest and best to buy a home rather than spend your money renting because that money goes away. And that again was another big scary thing. And yet I was guided every step of the way. Yeah, let, let's talk about this a little bit because yes. what you're doing is you're unpacking, you, you hear the voice, the awakening begins, and, and this takes decades, people. Those of you who are watching, I know you know what we're talking about. This doesn't happen overnight. Um, and for many people, we have these moments of awakening but most people do go back to sleep. Course in Miracles is really clear. Most of us want this, but very few of us will do the work because the work is exactly what you had to do. You got to unpack every thought, every fear, every belief, every idea that I can't, every, every um, archetype of what a woman does, what a divorced woman does, what a married woman does, what a mother does or doesn't do or should do or couldn't do. We have to unpack every bit of limitation and definition until we are returned to the place where we are totally and completely free to be as God created us. And God does not create fear because God is pure love. Just as the sun doesn't create darkness, the sun is the light. God doesn't create anything other than what it is. That's why we are made in the image of the creator. But even the religion has to be unpacked um, because we got to let go of those limitations that we have bought into. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that because okay. you have been so faithful to listening to that voice. You're undoing limitations, finding yeah. more self-expression and finding out more of your true self. How was yes. that affecting your, um, your culture? You know, you're, you're Jewish. How was that impacting yeah. your relationship with God in that traditional way and non-traditional? Yes. So I grew up in an Orthodox home, which is more strict. Um, I didn't know that God lived within me then. I was just afraid of the God, afraid of the rabbi. You had to be so quiet, so still, so perfect. And then through my marriage. Well, it's like Catholicism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> and I kept at, at certain points in my life, then I joined a conservative uh, synagogue, and then that felt too small. Then I joined a reform, which was, you know, more open, and then that felt too tight. And there was only one other synagogue left, and that was like on the opposite side of the spectrum from anything. You know, it was this particular synagogue was Reconstructionist, and it was founded by gay and lesbian Jews who were not welcomed in any synagogue wow. in the city, and they mm. created their own group. Uh, it was housed in a home where they would create services that honored the spirit. And I was teaching at the time, and one of my pupils told me about the synagogue. And she said they've just opened up uh, the space for people, for families who are not gay, who are, you know, just out there, but who are open. So um, I started. What's the, what's the name of it? It's Congregation Bet Haverim. And Bet and Haverim translated means house of friends. Oh, wow. So, Where are they? Where are they located? What's they're part of located that? on La Vista Road um, near Toco Hill Shopping Center near North Druid Hills. And of course, and we're that, talking about Atlanta, Georgia, because that's where we live. Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Awesome. So I started attending high holy services for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur um, by myself and the chorus there. The music was so exquisite that I would always sit on the front row and when the chorus sang, I would cry. So 
I'm seeing, oh my God, this, this feels so good. It's not like any of the other places where I went. And what had me join there? Um, two things. First, I wanted to expose myself to people who were courageous enough to come out of the closet, to, to honor their differences, how they were born, how they were hardwired when they came in. I wanted to be in that energy. I wanted to understand them. I wanted to draw on that car courage. That's, that's number one. Number two, the chorus was so incredible that I dreamed to be in it. And so I called the director and I said, how can I sing in this chorus? What do I have to do to get in? She said, first you have to join the synagogue and then you have to audition. <laughs> and, and so when I found out that I had to audition, I said, oh, this isn't for me because I had an experience in fourth grade where one of the school patrols was watching my class while the teacher was out. And he called on different people in the class to stand up and do something. And he called on me to stand up and sing God Bless America. And I'd already been rejected for third grade glee club. So I, but I was afraid not to do what I was told because I, I learned to be a very obedient child. Yeah. So I croaked out that song with pure shame. And I vowed I would never sing again like that. So, so what another opportunity for healing. You were retrieving yes. your voice yet again in a different way. Yes. So I was aware, like you said, I was aware of my inner child. That was who was afraid. Yeah. Yeah. So I got laryngitis after I made that phone call to find out what I needed to do. It was in my throat. My throat was shut down out of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the she urged me, it's a she, not a he. She, the choral director urged me to come anyway. <laughs> so a week later, still with a bit of hoarseness, I, I gave a pep talk to my scared self and I said, we're showing up and even if we croak, at least we can say we tried. Yeah. And so the bottom line was, as I got in and um, she told me I wasn't the only one who had childhood baggage come with them and that I would be an asset to the chorus and they would be an asset to me. And yeah. through the singing and through moving through that, whenever I would perform with the chorus, my heart was like so wide open and the yeah. joy poured forth because, again, I'm allowing this part of me to birth again. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And, and I'm so excited that you're you're sharing this. You know, I've, I've been a coach for almost 14 years, uh, however many years, 13 years, however trying to do the math real quickly, but I'm not going to, 13, 14. And one of the things that, yeah, Rose, very cool, very cool on her part. One of the things that I have noticed consistently over the years, is, especially when I do the workshops, because you know, you, you've you been in some of my workshops, it's a very experiential um, space where in my classes, it's, it's a little bit harder to, to get to that place because it's such a short period of time. But inside of the workshops, inevitably, consistently, participants would go to when they were in third grade, second, third, fourth grade, where usually third grade is, is the number one grade where they lost their voice, they lost their confidence, they lost their joy, they, they were humiliated in class, they were shunned by a friend, by a teacher, didn't make a team, didn't make a whatever it might have been. Right. And that creates a limitation that stays with us for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. But yet we don't know it's tied to that moment in That's time, right. which, as you know, we know the Course in Miracles is all about going backwards through time and using the present moment to unpack all of those limitations. So, you know, we've got Diane here. Diane, too, found her. She was a teacher also, college professor, and she found her voice. And now she performs, she's got a CD. I mean, it's amazing what happens when we open ourselves up. So you start singing. Tell me about your relationship with God. How, how did you, is that what you felt you were aligning with? Your yes. Okay. yes, because when I sang, I was aware that it was God coming through me. It was spirit. 
but I still hadn't learned that God was in me at that point because I'm still in this congregation. This congregation gave me those other gifts, yeah. but the joy that came through me, it was amazing. I, I, I noticed it. And people would always say, I can't stop looking at you when you sing because it was the pure light and happiness. So the big shift uh, that came to a to an end, and I sang in the chorus for 12 years, but as before, I would always get a sensation that this chapter had served its purpose and I was ready to move on to the next chapter. So I gave my notice of, you know, resignation from the chorus and people just, what? You're leaving? And I said, it's not about you. I'm being told from what's inside to make room for what is ready to come in. And, you know, they I don't believe Love they really understood it. But yeah. that led me a bit later to the Spiritual Living Center of Atlanta. Um, my neighbor suggested I go with him one day. And just five minutes into the center, I said, oh, my God, I'm home. Because all the self-help books, all the spiritual books that I'd read, this is what they were, you know, that was what I was hearing. So that was the next chapter in my evolvement. And I would go every single Sunday. I just showed up like, you know, like I do because I was driven. I was driven to stay with whatever was filling me at the time. I knew the feeling now. Yeah. How, so, long, how long have you been there now? I believe it's eight years. Okay. Eight years. So I, you know, learned a lot about uh, God being within. I understood that, but I didn't necessarily do it yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I understood uh, the premise and that we're all one and we're all perfect, whole, and complete. I understood that in my mind. Yeah. It had not fully embodied in me. It just yeah. hadn't. There was still some of this unworthiness. And I would always ask myself, where is this coming from? How much work do I have to do on myself to have these, these thoughts, these doubts about myself? That's I, a very I, common question for people yeah. who are really going deep. <laughs> right, right. So um, I began uh, growing courage. And then came the time where I won this tremendous raffle ticket that which was seven days in a Tuscan villa and that I knew was a gift from the universe because I still carried the terror the fear of my mother and her family who uh, who lived in Poland and were at the hands of the Bolsheviks who wanted to exterminate all the Jews mm -hmm. so I was raised by a mother that that was fearful of life um, don't go anywhere. Don't tell people you're Jewish. It's not safe out in the world. So I've won this opportunity and I know God is giving it to me for a good reason. And yet underneath there's this fear. Oh my God, how can I go here? But how can I turn it up? You know, turn this down. I can't. So that was another year of processing. And I began to hear that voice again. Uh, the voice said, I know you're considering taking friends because I could take four in this villa, but you cannot do that. You must go by yourself and face these fears head on. If you have distraction, you will never go there. And I said, God, you've asked too much for me. This is way more than I can handle. You've asked me way too much. So how I, dare how dare it? Yeah. So um, you know, I I started speaking at services twice. I spoke at services about my terror. I said I feel such terror, terror in going by myself. But here's what happened. I won a reading with a medium who was a member of the Spiritual Living Center. And she communicated, she communicates with the other side. So when I went for this reading, I asked that my mother come through because I had done so much healing, but she seemed to still be distant on the other side. The bottom nugget of this entire reading where I cried from the second 
she they came in because my heart was so full of love she asked me to please forgive her that she didn't know how to love me she had so much fear she had she was in a deep hole and couldn't get out in her life and she tells the medium to tell me tell her not to take my life as an example tell her that my life was dead-ended through the fear i felt tell her to live her life fully so I'm just the whole time I have chills, I'm crying, it's it's bliss, it's it's everything. And that was the motivation. That was the final straw that said, I'm going by myself. God, I'm I'm gonna do it. When I made that decision and I stated it publicly, I would say about a hundred people came forward who helped me in some way. There were, there was a retired travel agent who came to my house. She said, I'm going to help you plan this because there, there were no plans. I didn't, I knew where I was going to stay for seven days, yeah. but I decided to go two weeks. So once I jumped off the cliff, once mm-hmm. I surrendered into the process, that's when all the help came and not a second before. Yeah. And so I went to Italy for two weeks in pure liberation, in pure joy. And when I came back, that's when I founded Courageous Living with Joy. Because my coach said, you know, Joy, you have lived a life of facing your fears and you have transformed so many times. Why don't you teach it? You've lived it. You know what it's like. Let me put it up there. That's your website, Courageous (laughs) Living with Joy. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's... Lina, it's been a big road trip, this life, um, full of pain, full of elevation, full of, um, you know, forgetting who I am, full of knowing who I am, and with your class. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about your class. Well, tell me, how long ago was it that you started Courageous Living with Joy, that you went to Italy? Yes, that was in 2000, and 2015 is when I won the trip. And then I went the following year, and then Courageous Living with Joy was founded in 2017. Oh, uh, so you'd already been in this a couple of years when I met you. Okay. Oh, yes, yes. Amazing. Um, And so I knew that there was something even deeper, and I really wanted to understand. Uh, You know, I felt like I had come to a plateau in what I was reading and what I was hearing in services, but it wasn't translating from my head to my heart to my gut. And I heard people talk about Course in Living. Course in Miracles? Uh, I mean, Course in, well, it's Course in Living. (laughs) (laughs) Course in Miracles. Um, And so I kept saying, I wanna find a class. I wanna find a class, I wanna take it. Even though I was Jewish, And I thought that Course in Miracles, you had to be Christian to take it, or that I would be considered a heretic if I studied it. It was beyond that. It was this knowing. And so when Penelope at the Spiritual Living Center announced that you were coming to teach the class, I jumped on the wagon. I said, this is what I've been waiting for. And from the first class where you did an overview, an introduction, I sat there like this. I remember. <laughs> and I, I was just mesmerized because these, these were the missing pieces that I was ready to receive. I couldn't skip those other steps. I had to yes. progress at the rate that was right for me. But I was now ready to receive all of this information that you so, so articulately, <laughs> however you say that word, you were able to state so much in layman's terms that I got it. So it's been a little over a year. I came every single time I was in town. I did not want to miss it because it was like manna from heaven, the the information. And like I was sharing with you, so many seeds were being planted in my heart, in my gut, in my mind. And I continued to water those seeds with this desire to embody what I what, what I was being taught. 
And so a year later, I am really knowing that God lives within me. I would never, ever say that before. I wouldn't even yeah. say the word God in public, but I can't mm. help it now. It's, yeah. it's just part of me. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's just, it's been so beautiful to watch you. And for people who, who may not be so familiar with the Course in Miracles, the Course in Miracles is actually information given by a Jew because it's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, but Jesus, when, when he teaches uh, or he shared the information that came through him, from him through the woman described that wrote it, Helen Shuckman, um, it is written in what would be perceived as, as Christian language, but it's written in that way for a reason, because Christians have had an experience that with God overall, that is not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught only of a loving God and Christianity has taught of a love of a God of love and fear. And the Course of Miracles is, is a course in training our mind just as all the therapy that you went through yes it's it's taking us through steps to undo the beliefs that have blocked us from the awareness of the presence of god within because we are made in the image of god and when you know it's a god of love then you are made of love that that's what you are you cannot not be that so Course in Miracles is, is an opportunity for us to really, it doesn't matter what religion, because it's actually more than anything, is a combination of, of psychology and mysticism. Mm -hmm. at, at its heart, that's what it is, but the words appear to be more, you know, Christian. Right. But the Course in Miracles, I find just from my class, I can't speak about this for everybody else, but from my classes, I meet people that come in two from two levels. They're the kind of the beginners playing with the course um, that that will come to it and they'll they'll take a little bit of it and for the most part they quit because eh, it's too complicated. And then there are those who come and stick through it. And don't let the mind block them with the complicated. And because I simplified, I, I cannot make it any more simple right. than how I make it. But even that is blocked by a mind that is not ready. But those that are ready for the depths of the course, like you, oh, it's just going to make me want to cry. What happens, and I'll cry with you. <laughs> what happens is you discover that I and the Father are one. God and I are one. Right. God is me and I am it. And yeah. all that that translates to when we use the word God, it, you know, those who don't understand this call it blasphemous. But what God translates to is love, life, liberty, yeah. kindness, compassion, creativity, joy. That is what you begin to embody, humbleness, gentleness, defenselessness, this incredible trust in the creative source of all that is to be what is creating through you. And once the, the fears are dropped, once the judgments are dropped, the, the righteousness is dropped, there is just all that is left is this innocence, this, this childlike sense of wonder that can awaken and go out into the world beaming with joy as you have been to do only God's work. And what is the work of God when God is love is to do the work of being the presence of love on the planet. That's all that, that's it. <laughs> you know? that, that's, that's the promise. And it's what you have so diligently given yourself permission to, to experience. But no matter how much you and I say this, if people are not willing to do the work of unpacking their fears, their beliefs, their righteousness, their sense of separateness, their idea that God is outside or it's a punishing God or there's a hell or, you know, or, or even that there's anybody that is other than. Yeah. If we're afraid of that, we can't feel. God in me as you are feeling it. Mm -hmm. Say more about that. How has that transformed your life? Well, limitations that were set a long time ago 
have begun to dissolve over and over and over. And I saw that I carried great light. I owned that. I owned that I had done so much work, not only in the emotional body, but in learning metaphysics and studying with uh, teachers who are energy workers. In fact, the teacher that I studied with, oh gosh, it was almost 30 years ago now. Um, I was with her for five years, again, very committed. But this teacher, uh, if you were her student, you had to commit to uh, recording your dreams nightly. And I had never done that before. Um, so she, uh, you know, said, you know, what to do and that we were to wake up even if it was two in the morning, write the dream down. So I began doing that dream work like 30 years ago. I still do it every day. It became a habit. Um, so I've learned to access information coming from higher realms mm -hmm. uh, that also support my work. But it really is letting go of the doubt of who I thought I was as a flawed being and to really recognize that God expresses through me and God is right here in my heart. Uh, so it has helped me take bold steps. And when I, God told me to start doing groups in my home for women, I said, you want me to do that? How? And it just, I would get ideas. And so I had, you know, like a women's group for three years in, in my home here. And then I heard God say, start seeing some clients. You want me to start seeing clients? <laughs> yes, I do. And so, you know, those came to me who were at beginning stages. They were not aware of any, the spiritual realm at all. And oh, they were yeah. really, yeah, they, they were, their lives were hard. They, they felt lost. And those, those are the kind of people that I was perfect for because yeah. I knew what it felt like. Yeah. And I knew the liberation that awaited them if they were open enough to go at their rate, but taking these steps. Oh, I love hearing that. Yes. And that's why, you know, there are teachers that meet us at every single level because yes. my students have to be pretty advanced. If you don't understand your ego, my work, it goes over your head. And, and if anything, it sounds very, you know, I, I don't know what it could sound, but I know that. Uh, if you are not pretty freaking advanced, you've got to be ready to awaken because that's what my work is all about. And we think we're awake or we think we're woke just because we know spirituality, but you're not awake until you feel God in your heart. I mean, that that is, you've got to be in that oneness. That's where that connection happens. Yes. Let's switch the subject a little bit here. Okay. Because um, you and I have some beautiful conversations about what's happening in the world. Yes. So share from your aligned perspective now, what, what, what's happening out in the world, all of, the, of this chaos, all of this craziness, how are you seeing all of that now from your centered place? Because I know before it, you know, it would have been scary. It certainly would have been scary for me. But from your place of alignment with God inside of you, what are you seeing is happening out there so people can get a perspective from you, another one who is awake? Well, you know, um, honestly, I have been prepped and prepared for, I think, at least five years now because I studied with an astrologer who is now in her 80s and who had near-death experience, went to the other side. Uh, she was not interested in astrology, but she was told to come back and teach it. And she would be taught these very important things that she was to teach us. So she began preparing us for this time because it was already in the charts back then. Yeah. And she kept saying, and you confirmed it, you know, when I started taking your class, that we must see this as an essential happening. Uh, structures will crumble. The, the financial institutions, the schools, the banks, everything religion everything will crumble because it doesn't serve that doesn't serve humans at all or the environment or or all the other dwellers you know animals and such and she said you must go below the chaos and not get caught up in the the tearing down of structures in the crumbling she said you're going to see some very powerful things you're going to find out 
some truths that have been hidden, uh, but you are to stay grounded. You are to meditate. You are to connect with your gut instinct. Your gut instinct, you have been deep, you've been separated on purpose from it over these centuries because those in power, power in the wrong kind of sense, uh, they wanted you to not have your own inner guidance. So you, you were contained, you were separated by religions, by races, by uh, sexual preferences. And she kept saying, you've got to go below the current and you've got to tap into the first thing that you feel in your gut. Don't second guess your gut and go, well, oh, but you sure I can't choose this financial planner when the first gut said, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> and so that is how I am, am me moving through it. But I also have this understanding of the big picture of our evolvement in order to bring in a new world that is heaven on earth, where there is only love, these steps must first take place. Yeah. Just, yeah. As within, so without. And right. as you and I have spoken, what is happening on the outside is the world basically having the moment that you had, you know, I'm not going to pass along the sense of the father or the mother. What I had when I had my my spiritual awakening began in 2002, I can't do these things that way anymore. Then comes the decades of undoing the, and the undoing really is allowing the emotional pain to guide us to the beliefs that created the structures in our mind. Yes. So we're experiencing the emotional unrest of that is guiding us to see the structures that got created outside of us that controlled us, that gave us misinformation, but as within, so without. And so that's wonderful that for five years, you have been warned, you've been preparing. And for me, it didn't come necessarily from you know, studying with a teacher, but the way that it came was, I was hearing this intuitive guidance, look at this, look at that, read this, read that, until I felt all of my reactions to those things. For example, where how does racism get started? How does you know bigotry get started? How does child abuse get started? How does you know power and politics get started? And I had all of these reactions. How religion has lied. How um, you know the medical establishment, the big pharma, you know, has kept us sick uh, for financial gain. Once I felt those reactions. I was able to see, well, where do I do that? Where where do I try to overpower people? Where where am I greedy? Where am I controlling? And it all had to come back to me. Those reactions, those irritations were those invitations to see my own ego's motivation. Once that was neutralized and I could see just as, you know, as within so without, the compassion that you and I talk about that we can have for all that is happening is that going below the noise and holding the light because humanity is going through a birthing process or you could call it the cocoon that the caterpillar is entering so that it can turn into a butterfly. The birthing process, as you and I know, is a messy, scary, painful, ugly, gross process in all that can come out. It not just a clean baby comes out, you know, it's a messy process, but we get the baby, we get the butterfly and humanity right now is in the labor pains and the caterpillar is just entering the cocoon stage. We've got some turbulence coming. Yes. And how beautiful you and I can hold the light, which is being the love, being the, the yes. kindness, being humble, defenseless, not attacking, trusting, all of those things as, is what you and I have aligned with. Um, well, I am just so grateful to have this conversation with you. So let me, I'm going to put up your website here one more time for people to find okay. you. So uh, CourageousLivingWithJoy.com. So you got to spell out the entire word. I know. Word. That's perfect. And then if you want to connect with Joy, uh, Joy Goodman right here on Facebook, she is a fabulous being. And, and then tell them about your Facebook page where you post more of your teachings. Um, yes. So I have a, a Facebook page that's just regular Joy Goodman. 
And then I have a Facebook page that is uh, Courageous Living with Joy. So you can go there as well. And uh, yeah. Well, let me announce a couple of things and then I want you to share some, some final words of wisdom with our audience. Right. So I'm starting a new program. It's called The Ascension Hour. And it is a time once a week on Tuesday nights where people can come and plug into the source of all that is. It's going to be about uh, meditation, visualization, holding it for ourselves and for the planet. So I will be announcing uh, or giving more details. I'll post those on Facebook and I'll put it on my website relatively soon within within another day or so. Um, and you can go to linearlando.com, check in on that in a, in a day or two and you'll see more. But also I have a program called The Soul's Journey that speaks to exactly what Joy was sharing. We all come in we're divine beings choosing to have this incarnation and we come in and systematically get trained out of the truth, the love, the light that we are, the joy that we are. And then there are steps that we have to go through um, to, Hey, Danny, there, Danny's saying joy. Um, there are steps that we have to go through to uh, remember the truth of who we are in essence, to become awake, to, to, get to the place that you can become enlightened and the the whole course soul's journey is a, it's the the six phases from conception to enlightenment and all of us as the course in miracles says are not here to become enlightened we're here to recognize the light that is already in us so you're not becoming anything you are returning to being what you are accepting it and expressing it so miss joy please Yes. Or what, what would you like to leave our audience with today? What words of wisdom would you like to share? What words of wisdom I have to share is that your true self is already inside of you. The divine is already inside of you. If you are not feeling the truth of who you are, if you feel like you're living a life that is not in alignment with what you wish to be, then what has to happen is your willingness to see what's stopping you. What beliefs are you still living by that are limiting you? What ways are you still tied to the imprisonment of your family beliefs or growing up beliefs? And you see bit by bit by bit with every step you take forward in wanting to uncover your authentic, true self, every step is in the right direction. You will be guided if you get quiet so you can hear the guidance. It is there within us waiting for you to get quiet so it can speak directly to you. And if you follow what you are hearing, I'm telling you, miracles will happen beyond your wildest imagination doors will open that lead you into a life of fulfillment of purpose of meaning of of happiness and i i want you to know that unearthing is something that takes courage it's not pleasant um a lot of fear comes up because that's what we've been taught you know for our whole lives but boy, just like giving childbirth, we, when we're in the pain of, oh, this hurts. I don't think I can give birth. I just can't hurt so much. But once the pain is over, we are left with a precious gift, a, a real live baby. And that is, that's kind of like what this is about. So if you want to feel connected, if you want to feel uh that you are one with everyone it's at your feet waiting it's knocking at your door and if you're halfway in between there just know i was halfway in between there me too <laughs> i was at first first base um but you just keep keep going and honestly you will be guided and to the other part of it is is to stay in the positive in the spot in the positive energies of love and all that is good rather than focus in the fear of what's going to happen to me <laughs> I, i'm going to lose everything i'm not saying that i don't feel that sometimes 
but I have the power to switch my thoughts. I can choose between two worlds. One is to stay in the fear of the ego and one is to be in the love of God. And I can't be in two at the same time, so I can choose. And I'm finding now in my life, I am consciously choosing minute to minute when I go to the to, back to the ego. So. Yeah. Thank you so much. So much wisdom that you just shared with us. You condensed the whole process right there. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you all for participating. Such a beautiful, fun audience. And you shared so many wonderful things. Um, so thank you for being here. And as always, Align with Lina is every Monday at uh, 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And I do other interviews throughout the week. But the Align with Lina program is live every Monday at 12 o'clock um, Eastern Standard Time. So let me just thank you again, Joy. And uh, we'll see you all later. And remember, you are magnificent. You are the love and the light. So shine yes. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Bye-bye.